Welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm laughing because you're like, what am I going to say? I'm trying to a new entry. Yeah, because it, it, be, it used to be, hi, Gina Vogie, hostess with the mostest. <laughs> and then now you're like, hello, everyone. So now I'm like trying new things. That was my like sing say. I like it. Okay. You're again like R. Kelly. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? Okay, I need to stop bringing his ass up, but Aziz Ansari, do you know who he is? The no. comedian? He was, his, like his stand-up was on Comedy Central Radio the other day, and he was talking about how he went to an R. Kelly concert. This is obviously, a, I mean, a I'm sure it's time ago. old. But he when's was, the last time that R. Kelly toured? I mean. I Unclear. I have no idea. Maybe he doesn't he deserve to tour, so... <laughs> Which will bring me into another topic. But before we get there, Aziz, part of his comedy routine was he goes to this concert and then he's talking about how R. Kelly like sing says and he's like, I know you, you know me. Like it was so funny because my mind's telling me no. Yeah, but he says like anytime he he was talking to the audience, that's how he was talking. He's like, wow, they're telling me I can't. Like a preacher almost. Hump anybody on this stage. He's like, like Aziz is telling this. It was actually so funny because I was like, we were trying to explain that keep it in the closet or whatever the, f- the name of it was. But that's exactly what it is. And that's how he talks. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> speaking of perverts, did you hear about Danny Masterson? <gasps> yes. From that 70s show. Charged with raping three women. Ah, uh, so sad. And there was two more women, but as I said- I mean, in sad a, for the women, not for him. Fuck him. No, fuck for, him. Fuck him for raping women. That's sad for the women. But it's like there's two other women who also accused him of rape, but their statute of limitations was up. See, which I, is I don't know. There like, should, if you're violating <sighs> a woman like that, if you're raping them, there should be no statute of limitations for you to be held accountable no, for No, because it. there's obviously something that's keeping you from being able to say it. Like, you know, it's another guy in power. And I heard some rumors that he's also a Scientologist. Well, they mm-hmm. run in like these huge groups, mm-hmm. right? And it's like... Can you imagine? I mean, that's like even threatening them. Well, you know who I know. You say anything and I will. Right. I, you know who I am. Exactly. Right. Like using that position of like um, a celebrity power to. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's so disgusting to me. Like but, really? Yeah. So they started like. Invest- what does he look like now? Is he ugly? He looks the a, same. He's not having a hard time, you know, getting a woman just liking him. It's like the whole Bill Cosby thing. You are famous. You're wealthy. Mm-hmm. Do you really need to – so you need to rape somebody? Yeah. I just – I just never understood. How would that be fun? To me, being intimate with somebody, the excitement of both of you, you know, wanting to be with each other and, you know – Trying out new shit. Right. Or, like, that's exciting. How would it be exciting to Somebody just someone? laying there yeah. or not wanting it or right. whatever it is. Well, anyways – I'll just never understand ugh. that. I, 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 I can't. I can't. And like, I know these are allegations, but I'm a firm believer where there's smoke, there's fire. Me too. They've been investigating him since 2017. So obviously they have some sort of evidence on him. Right. But it's Especially just, for it to come out. And you know what? Actually, I was right. He is a member of the Church of Scientology. There's this little blurb from this article. 
I don't know which Huffing Huff Post. It said the charges come after four women filed sexual assault allegations against Masterson in 2017, claiming he'd raped them years earlier. And I think these allegations were from like 05 to 07. In wow. 2019, four of those women sued him. The Church of Scientology and church leader David Miscavige. I maybe should know that. I'm sure it's been in popular media, but they accused the organization of stalking and intimidating them and attempting attempting to obstruct justice as Los Angeles officials were investigating the claims. So that's another thing where it's like this person's in power. Mm -hmm. Then you're using this whole church, the leader of the church, who knows this person, knows this person, knows this person. Like, oh, you're going to claim that he raped you? You're going to lose your job. Or you're going to be ousted from the church or whatever yeah yeah so mad like you have money you have he doesn't really have good looks (laughs) no i never thought he was attractive (laughs) maybe that's the problem using you know your position for good not for bad right you know yes use your voice use your power use your money to be like a good yeah be like look i have all these things i'm gonna ask you if it's okay if i put my penis here Right? Come on, dude. That was probably the height of a 70s show, yeah, right? I don't even know what to say about I know. This. It's like, frustrating. Raping somebody, forcing yourself on someone is never okay. So this part said that they had reviewed two other sexual assault charges against Danny Masterson, and they declined to proceed with charges because of insufficient evidence and then the statute of limitations for the crime alleged. I'm sure he's done things since then, too. Well, this is the thing. So this is what? Three, five of how many? Yeah. Right? Like, there's got to be more. These more are just people willing. to come forward. Tough-ass women willing to go against them and be like, fuck you you're not going to get away with this shit anymore yeah Ugh. and i lived in clearwater for a period of time and um there's a huge scientology center in downtown clearwater huge massive i never had any good encounters and maybe it was just the encounters i had with scientologists but i never had any any good encounters well unfortunately i think that they get a bad reputation i don't know enough about scientology i'm sure there's probably some good from it but god all you ever hear is bad is bad stuff like the people are crazy and well the people there's you constantly they're always wearing blue shirts and khaki shorts blue really polos and khaki shorts you know know they're walking around clear water because i don't know if it's like a you know and this is when i lived there so maybe it's changed i don't know you always know when they're scientologists but they're very pushy with like uh, their beliefs. Basically, I don't know a whole lot about it either, but I leave, I believe a brief synopsis is there's like seven levels that you have to go through uh-huh. to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you... Have you ever seen The Banger Sisters with no. Goldie Hawn and Susan Sarandon? Mm-mm. One of my favorite movies ever. You would love it. They're like two, two women who in their prime were fucking... Every rock star, like Jim Morrison from The Doors. Oh, the Banger Sisters. The Banger Sisters. That's how they get their nickname. Well, then you fast forward like 20, 30 years and Goldie Hawn's character is still this like woman working at a bar, still trying to fuck in hallways. And then you have Susan Sarandon, who's like very prim and proper, only wears beige, has two daughters. Well, one of her daughters... um, I think I have heard of this. It's so good. I have it. You can borrow it. I'll have to borrow it. I recommend... it's It's like a cute feel-good movie like don't ever lose who you really are kind of thing right but um one of the thing right again 
That's okay. Write it up. And maybe we need to go out and be some groupies tonight is what you're saying. You're like a green. Like, yes, don't ever lose that. We're like, um, goo goo dolls, here we come. Goo goo dolls. I don't know. It was the first God, like, at least you didn't say Chad Kroger. Fucking oh, bitch. You know what? You know how many people were texting or DMing me being like, I love Nickelback's music. And yeah, uh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And you put the poll up. Who would you rather do, <laughs> dear Chad and landslide Chad? I would like to thank everyone who voted for D. You paid them. I saw your names. Over you know it. who you are. Yeah. Shouting y'all out. All thank like you. All like 10% of yous. Mm-hmm. D would be way more exciting. Mm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm standing by my man. Yeah, you can. You're going to feel like his long hair all over your thighs when he goes down on you. Oh, I hope so. I'm Those all curls. set on that. Mm. You'll smell that. a lot of... Gel in those curls. Permanent solution. Oh, yeah. Anyways, where was I going on that? tickle my butthole. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, takes the ends of it, and he's, like, dusting your butthole with his hair while he's licking you. Actually, that sounds kind of nice. See? Yeah. See? I'm still not changing my vote. (laughs) (laughs) Where was I going with this? You were talking about the uh, movie, Banger Sisters. Oh, yeah. So their daughter, one of Susan Sarandon's daughters, I cannot think of her name, something Christensen maybe, but she's a Scientologist. And I listened to her on Dax Shepard's podcast, which I have not listened to in forever. I actually forgot that even existed. Anyways, she's a Scientologist and she was really explaining it and like going through it. And it's like, I love stuff like that. Like I love learning about I mean, because that's like a taboo, like Scientology. You think of Crazy yeah. Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch, right? Like, well, and who was it? it Leah Remini, Remini, right? That had mm-hmm. that whole thing, like escaping Scientology. That's who actually? She was the face of this article where I read about Danny Masterson. I because she left Scientology, the Church of Scientology, right, and got mm-hmm. like in a whole bunch of deep water for it, right? Yes, or I not think- deep water. I don't want to say that, but. No, because I think they like blacklist you or they don't want to hire you. Like if there's, you know, this like a crazy. production company. I need company. to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. But Leah Ramini on her Scientology show, which I've never watched, but I guess she was kind of the person to bring Danny Masterson's name to light. Oh, wow. Yep. So I don't know that 100%. I feel like that's what I read. But she like denounces Scientology. Yeah. She's her and there was one other person who was like, these people are crazy. Like they just hate them. I'm sure they have their reasons. I should maybe watch that show, but maybe, yeah. I'd I'd like to do some more research on it so I know. Well, anyways, let's talk more about Chad. I'm, I'm just kidding because I don't actually find him attractive. This bitch, she went out of town to camp for a couple of days and sent me a screenshot of her listening to Nickelback on her radio. <laughs> I was like, I'm so going to pretend that I didn't away, see this. So far away, far too long. <laughs> oh my God. It just randomly came up on my Sirius XM <sighs> and I had to send it to you because I was like, Sirius Mm-mm. knows what's up. I didn't see Twisted Sister popping up you should have that's d's band right much better music is that the name of his band i'm pretty sure you don't even know about your boyfriend's <laughs> band i'm pretty sure it's twisted sister pretty. i'm almost positive well, and who brought it up me if i didn't even say don't it, you wouldn't, on it you wouldn't even know <laughs> so i want to share my fun 
blonde moment of the week. Oh, and you know what? I'm really excited because I don't know this. <laughs> I felt I've never felt more stupid in my life. So, you know, when your uh, tire is low on air, a little light will come on. Yeah, it was like that when you left my house last time. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I say something to my husband, and we all know my husband knows a shit ton about cars. He worked on cars for years, blah, blah, blah. So he looked at my tires one day because I mentioned to him that the light came on, and he was like, Yeah, your, you know, right left tire looks a little low. Just stop at your a gas right station. left tire? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excuse me. A front left tire okay <laughs> i'm like this yeah it's all this- going bad already <laughs> looks a little low he's like just stop at a gas station and you know put some air in your tire in seems- your in your right left tire <laughs> seems simple enough <laughs> so i stop at a gas station that's at a very busy intersection was here. this on the way home from my house no. Oh, okay. This, this was, is a different day. This is a different so day. So you didn't yet. fix the problem last time. No, I was like, it's fine. I looked, I just glanced at my tires. I'm like, they don't look low. It's oh, fine. You're such a typical girl. Reason number 982 why I shouldn't be left responsible for anything that has to do with my vehicle. I can't even fucking put washer fluid in it. Whatever. So <laughs> I'm like, this is fine. This is fine. Everything is fine. I go to this busy gas station and I pull up to the parking spot right in front of the air machine and you you know, you have to put money in. Oh, no. So <laughs> I put a dollar in and, you know, I go to that tire and I unscrew the cap and I'm putting the air thing on it and I feel like nothing's happening. I'm like, so I read the air machine. It was like, you know, tire pressure will automatically go to 32, but the thing said 50. So I was like, what is happening? Is it going to put too much air in my tire? <laughs> I kept <laughs> putting it on my tire and coming off and it was like, Pst. but I was like, is air going in there? Unclear. So the gentleman next to me, I was like, Oh my God. Sir, do you know how to work this air machine? <laughs> and it's a busy gas station. So people are like kind of, you know, looking, glancing, whatever. So he comes over there. He's putting the thing on the tire, pulling it off. He's like, It sounds like, you know, something's happening because it was like, Psst, you know, when it was coming out. So he's like, Let me ask my wife. So his wife gets out of the car. What? We're all three looking at the Please tire. Please tell me she's blonde too, because this would just no. help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was he blonde? No. Mm -mm. So, I mean, we're all, we probably had this air thing on my tire for a good five minutes. You actually took all the air out of your tire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like holding it there. He's holding it there. He's feeling the tire. His wife's like reading the directions on the air machine as well, too. And she's like, I don't know. So eventually they're like, so sorry, we couldn't help you, but you should go in there and ask someone at the gas station because you put your money in here, you know? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I go into the gas station. I'm like, I feel so silly, but I can't work the air machine outside. <laughs> so the lady at the uh, cashier or whatever, she pointed to some guy. She's like, can you help her? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help her. So we go out there and he looks at it and he was like, well, how much money did you put in this thing? And I was like, I put in the dollar. And he was like, it's a dollar fifty. <laughs> Oh, Gina. He's like, that 50 on there is because you owe 50 cents still, girl. (laughs) At least you're pretty. So sure enough, I put in a quarter. The 50 goes down to 25. And then it goes right on. I put in the other 25 cents and all of a sudden, and the machine turns on. 
Oh my God. I was like, I hate myself. I was like, I feel so stupid. The guy was so nice. He goes, we all get a little air in our heads sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the husband and wife couple that try to help you weren't blonde too. Because this would be the blonde joke we could end on. How many blondes <sighs> does it take to put air in your tire? My God. The poor guy, he stayed there and helped me because I think at that point he thought I was incapable of filling a tire. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, she's going to blow this whole gas station up. <laughs> he, he did the first tire for me and it went to 32. He goes, okay, that's when you take it off and you screw the cap back on. This is how you screw a cap on. Yeah. Righty, tighty, lefty, loosey. He thought I was so fucking stupid. <laughs> and then after I like did one, he's like, all right, you good now? Like, <laughs> He's watching with binoculars through the glass like, oh, shit, what's she going to do? Doesn't even know how to count money. I'm like, I'm done. I'm never going to be left responsible for anything that has to do with my car ever again. Chris, this is your job. You fill my tires now. Yes, that's why you get married. Yeah, you fucking handle it. You're this. a man. You're supposed to do this. Yeah. Are you listening to us? Look what happens when you leave me to my own resources. <laughs> but I'm sure that those that man was laughing at me later and whoever was watching me for five minutes well it was to... probably even the couple too they were probably yeah. like she's so dumb she didn't realize 50 more cents needed to go in there <laughs> it's fine i'll lay a night you know awake in my bed at night thinking about this for the next couple of years it's no fine. don't i mean when i can't sleep i'll replay that in my head you remember when you did that my dad always said signs are for people who can read so yeah. don't worry <laughs> when you try to fill your tire with air for five minutes without the machine on so today's episode is on true crime so because of that i found a kick-ass little story oh boy it is a florida man story oh boy i'll be in florida next week so hopefully i have some good stories to bring back from being in good old florida for oh you week. will Every time you come back, there's a great story. There's so many that I wish you could share on here, but you're friends with these people, and I don't want you to embarrass them. Yeah, but no, no, no. Damn, are they some good stories. They are. A Florida man was arrested for attempting to barbecue child molesters. <gasps> oh, okay. I can get behind this. I can get behind this, but Why I was he arrested? want to eat the child molesters. No, I don't think he was trying to... To serve them up, I think he just wanted to burn them. Okay. Jorge Porto Sierra's plan to burn sex offenders to death was only thwarted when police arrived too soon. And this is from, oh, I don't know what website this is, but he said, I'm going to kill you, child molester, as he poured gasoline on the door of the friendly village in in. Osceola County. I think that's how you say it. He had a cigarette in his hand and he dumped the flammable fluids all over the premises to set the property ablaze and burn the sex offenders inside to death. So the police arrived. Not mad about it. I'm not mad about it either. Like child molesters are like as low as you go. Mm -hmm. Damaging that child for life. For life. Yeah. And you're fucking disgusting. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with you if you look at a child and want to have sex with a child. Yeah. Like you're fucking like I keep saying the F word. But it's true. It's true. Sometimes you need to use the F word to emphasize. Like if you say, I'm mad, and you say, I'm fucking mad, one of the two is more serious, and it's when you use fucking, okay? I'm behind this. Yeah, me too. So the- Burn them down. Police arrived on the scene before he could carry out his plan, but he intended to barbecue all the child molesters. It says 
barbecue all the child molesters on fire and kill them, but they got there obviously too soon. He was trying to kill four sex offenders. At least two of them were convicted as such by setting setting their rooms on fire. Oh my gosh. The detective said that the man admitted to his plan, causing him to be charged with four counts of attempted murder. The police report said a man was standing outside of his room when Porto Sierra jumped out of his car and began screaming at the individual. Terrified, like I feel sorry for you, the man ran back into his room, prompting Jorge to break one of the motel's windows and pour gasoline inside. Meanwhile, the man and his roommate escaped through the back window, but Jorge's rampage wasn't over yet. He then reportedly attacked two other individuals inside a car in the hotel by ramming his black Ford Focus into their vehicle, then poured gasoline into the car through an open window. He says they raped kids, they were child molesters that all live here and they deserve to die, which... He must have known someone that was a victim. He must have. Or, I mean, like, would you have that one story of the woman, the last true crime, where she, like, served up this man on a platter and tried to say he sexually assaulted her daughter yeah i'm okay if that really happened like that fucker doesn't deserve to live because you're ruining these lives of people i just i guess this particular county is known for being a haven for sex offenders which is weird i'm trying to think of where osceola county is i lived in pinellas county it's Kissimmee area. Oh, okay. So that's like Orlando. There's more area. than 20 sex offenders listed at the Friendly Village Inn and Motel. Ugh. That's a lot. And then you know what? They're all in like cahoots, right? All going to like sit around and like plan this shit. That's terrifying. It might be one of those situations of like the child trafficking rings too, right? Like that's so scary to me. Ugh. So then the police asked why he didn't follow through with his plan. And he said, because you got here too soon. Well, I wish they wouldn't have got there too soon. I'm not mad about it, but I don't think he needs to spend time in jail. I mean, he could pay a fine because he's burning yeah. down this hotel. I I don't understand how child molesters go free. They should And all not. they have to do is register in the area that they're a sex offender. When you go after a child, you molest them, you rape them, and then you get to go free. It. It, it is. It's disgusting. Yeah. And like we have to live around you and then feel like, it's okay to have children around, around you. you. Yeah. I don't really uh, – like Ugh. even the the registry, it's it's not good enough to me. Like, no. It's mm. – It's not. Well, I have a story to share with everyone that I am so excited about. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm so excited. We finally had a listener send in a story about their ex- personal experience with a big clit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Wait, let me just lay back. <laughs> I just, I'm over the moon about this and I knew you would be too. Yeah, I mean, because this is true crime. You're like going right, you're like, I don't even fucking care. We need to hear this. You we know have what? to hear this. Y'all need to hear this shit yes. too, right? It's from Chico. Yes, coming through. <laughs> Chico. Coming so through. What my, by the it. way, my husband was like, you guys got to quit it with the big clit talk. He's like, there's going to be people listening with big clits. I'm like, well, they haven't written in. Yeah. Because there's got to be positives to We want to, to hear from you. We're curious. Yeah. You know what? If if you women with the big clits get off super duper easy, I'm fucking jealous. Jealous. Sign me up. Why didn't I get a big clit, you know? Right. But you know what? I had a conversation with my husband about this too. And, you know, I love to create the scenarios. And I was like, what would you have done if the first time we hooked up, I had a big clit? 
And he said he would have not probably called me back. Oh. I know. And I was like, me? But like, what about like, you thought like I was attractive, right? Like, everything else was great. You like my titties. You like my ass. You know, you. we had a good time. But you would let that, you know, like change mm. it. And he was like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's hard to say. Yeah. Because, okay, well, let's think of it the other way. So you go home with a guy. And we're not going to go the micro penis talk because we've already discussed right. that to death. But I mean, because what I- if he had like a curve or his head was extremely large? Right. I mean, no, to no, be those fair, are all positives, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he had the discussion back to me. He's like, "Well, what would you have done if you hooked up with me and I had a tiny penis?" I'm like, "I wouldn't have called yeah, you back." No, so, that's exactly it. Yeah, but so to just, be fair, what if his? What if his? He only had one ball. I mean, I wouldn't care. What if he had really big balls? I'd, I'd be like, "Okay, slap the big balls on the pussy." <laughs> It would be like a way bigger like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care about any of that. But if you had had a little penis, it would have been a no for Mm -hmm. me. I'm sorry. Just my personal preference. Well, shit. I mean, I hope you women that have these large clitorises are able to go out there and get yourself some because what a waste then. That would suck. Yeah. Well, Chris backtracked a little because I was like, what about like me? Like you liked everything else about me. He's like, and he's like, stop this. He's like, I hate your stupid fucking scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm not making fun of anybody that has one. It was so, it still is so interesting to me because I've never heard about it. We're not making fun of it. We are very... Very intrigued. Yeah, by because it. if you have one and it feels amazing. Yeah. Sometimes like, I look at my clitoris, I'm like, what would maybe you look we like can get, if you were big? Maybe instead of like lip filler, you can get clit filler. <laughs> and then we'll just <laughs> pump that shit up. What would you look like, little girl, if you were bigger? Yeah, little girl. Little little clit. Little man in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Bring it on. Uh, I think I'm going to need more champagne. I'm more champagne for this one. He said, I've been so behind on these last few weeks, but I just got done China's vagina and it's just what I needed. They <laughs> <laughs> have stories for days. So I'm always glad to send them to you. I have been with one female years ago that had a big clit. She was a Latina, but not a bodybuilder or anything. She just had a big-ass clit. Okay, well, that actually answers one of our questions. Mm -hmm. I remember one night we had been out drinking, and I had a hotel, so we went back to chill. This was back in my Long Island iced tea drinking days. Oh, God. So I was hammered. Oh, God. That particular night, even though it was my jam, I ate no pussy or participated (laughs) in any foreplay, really, because I was just really me so horny. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, I just stick my dick in, but unfortunately, I lasted probably 10 minutes. So I roll off like a boss. Chico, <laughs> not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after drinking Long Island. Yeah. I mean, that's what? Every a fucking alcohol under the sun in one little variety. That's impressive. With a little bit of sour mix and a splash of Coke. Yeah. So I roll off like a boss because I was tired. No shit. She starts screaming at me how she didn't come and literally grabbed my face and had me get to eating. Oh, <laughs> props to this girl. It was 
was only then that I realized she had this gigantic clit. I mean, I don't know how I didn't notice it, but it was the one and only time we hooked up, so I guess I wouldn't have, especially if I was lit. Long Island iced teas. Anyway, I sucked the heck out of that big old clit, but I wasn't happy about it. (laughs) It felt like a hostage situation. (laughs) I've never encountered another big clit since that day, but I just assume maybe everyone with one is a little cray cray. Anyways, definitely miss the podcast and you crazy blondes on to the next episode. Oh, my God. So then that – okay, so it answered two questions. You don't have to be doing steroids or a bodybuilder. And then two, 10 minutes of sex and she didn't come yet. That's not – Right? That's not a good indicator no. that you get off easily with the bigger clit. Mm-hmm. So the saga continues. So sorry, not sorry to anyone tired of hearing about the big clit, but are you? We, nobody is tired of hearing about the big clit. We are really intrigued by this. If, and to be clear, we are not making fun of it. We are, in fact, I think we're obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> we're, we're obsessed. You know with how this many point. people have DM'd me, like, okay. After listening to your episode, it's in my Google search. And like, I don't know. So we're not alone on this. China's vagina. God, thank you, Chico. Thank you for (laughs) reaching out to us. Dude, some of you, I mean, like, he has a crazy life because the shit that he will send us in these stories to. I love it. Oh, and before we continue, we had talked about the story about the hot girl who posted the selfie Mm-hmm. and her boyfriend was wiping, wiping his, his ass. nasty ass uh-huh. in the background. Well, one of our listeners sent in an email, and they were like, oh, no, maybe they posted it on the actual picture that you posted. Let me find that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They put it on the post, the picture. So Irving wrote, he's not even folding his teepee. It's just a huge wad. And <laughs> I was like, that's another debate to have. I am not a folder. I am not a toilet paper folder. I am a water, but I only use it once. I like wad, wipe, throw away. Wad, wipe, throw away. Yeah. I have to say I don't fold my toilet paper. I thought you were going to totally make fun of me. No. I'm a water too. I'm a toilet. I'm not going to fold sit there and- my toilet paper to wipe my ass. Like that's too much. Well, and what if it's not a one wiper? <laughs> if I don't care. You're taking way too much time If then. it's a one wiper, if it's a 20 wiper, I do not reuse the same piece of toilet paper. No, I'm a water. So, I wad up a little wad, wipe my booty hole, and I throw it in the in, – and I look at it to see if there's poop oh, on it. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to look at the water toilet thought, paper I, after you're wiped to see if there's poop on it or not. I thought you were going to say to see what it looked like. No, to see if there's poop. You wipe until you don't see any poop on the toilet That's paper. That's fair. That's fair. But so maybe that's what dude was doing. Maybe he was like looking in the mirror, wad up toilet paper. To see if there was poo on it. Yeah, still. making sure there's no like skid marks coming yeah, out of his clean teepee. Butt. I don't clean know. Booty so hole. That's going to be a poll we're going to have to put up. Are you a water or a, a folder? Folder. I am a total Oh, water. so some people you're saying wipe, look at it, fold, fold. With the same piece of toilet yes. paper. Yes. <gasps> oh, no. Well, at least that's what. What if you got a little poo on your fingers? That's what Irving is implying He's not even folding his teepee. It's just a huge wad. And then like that face. And I was like, that's another debate to have because I wasn't going to post on there like, dude, I'm not a folder. I'm a water. (laughs) Right? 
didn't need to go down that slippery slope. But then I love it, too, because another person wrote under that picture, Jay Ramos wrote, my boyfriend likes to take his shits while I'm in the shower. Nothing like freshly shat shit to make you feel squeaky clean. We've talked about this. Does he stomp it down the drain, girl, or does he throw it in the toilet? (laughs) And I said, how did that even start? And Jay Ramos said he opened the door one day because he couldn't wait and he's felt comfortable doing it ever since. Yes, but we need to know more here. Does he stomp it down the drain? He's not. No, 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 no. She's in the shower. He's pooping. Not. Oh, they're not in the shower okay, together. Okay, 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 okay. You just wanted a story like that. You, yes! wanted, you wanted a pooping <laughs> shower story. I'm like, Way. wow, he poops in the shower with Way you in too the bad. shower? I, found I mean, another- I don't think that's that unnormal. If, you're, if a woman is showering, her man takes a shit in the toilet while she's showering. No. I don't think that's that unnormal. Really? Yeah. You won't even shit in the house when your husband's home. But I'm talking about the man. What if your man, you're in the shower and there's only one bathroom and your man really has to poop? No. If it isn't, I have enough bathrooms. I I have three bathrooms in my house. There's enough bathrooms. You don't need to be in there while I'm showering. If it's an extreme situation, okay, maybe. What if they had diarrhea? That's what I'm saying. Extreme situation. But I'd probably get out of the bathroom. I would not stay in the shower. That is not. No no, lumpkins for you. Yeah. I mean, Jay Ramos even wrote squeaky clean, huh? Yeah, no. Because there's those poodicles in the air. You're going to get my freshly clean Mm -hmm. bate. You can always just poop out the window. I've done it. Right. Dude. Tell her boyfriend to poop out the window, get that box, that hanger. You're all fucking set. Okay, so I found this really gross story. Oh, God. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, I think. It's been over a decade, but there is a rare case of a woman who grows hair out of her mouth. What? Like a hairy tongue? No, it like grows in her gums, like over her teeth. Oh, no, She's no, 19 no. years old. She's from Italy. And her diagnosis was gingival hirsutism. Maybe this is what happens after eating that maggot cheese for too many years. No, this Italy. is what happens when you eat a hairy bush. <gasps> Please don't tell me there's pictures. Oh, there's it. pictures, <sighs> sweetheart. No. They're saying it's a rare disorder. A no. rare condition. Um, they consider it eyelash-like hairs that kept growing from the gums behind her upper front teeth. Like over her teeth? Like it just grows out. Like it's like a <sighs> random right. stray hair. Let me see the fucking picture. God damn it. Oh, no. So as a hygienist, there has been multiple times where I have pulled hair out of <gasps> underneath people's gums. No. Yes. Like people with beards, very common for them to have hair under their gums. But then sometimes you f- you'll you find like the, like a random person who has like a tiny little black hair. And I'm like, dude, this guy was totally eating some snatch. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. <sighs> So what they did was they gave her birth controls to regulate her hormone levels, and then she had to go under oral surgery to remove the gum hairs. At least she wouldn't have to floss that teeth. (laughs) You think the hair growth flosses the gums for you? For sure. It's in between the teeth. Yeah. So after she went under the gum surgery, there was no recurring hair growth for several years, but then it came back, and then it spread to her chin and her (gasps) neck as well. No. I am very blessed in the fact that I am not a hairy person at all. 
And even the hair like on my arms and legs is blonde. It's like mm-hmm. soft blonde hair. You can, Me too. You can't fucking see it at all. <sighs> I guess we should get into our true crime stories. Well, yes, we'll get into our stories. <laughs> I forgot it was even a true crime episode. Honestly, I'm just on a roll. I could keep going with all this weird shit that we have. <laughs> we have so many listener DMs lately that like I just want to share and I don't want to wait for mixed bag of nuts. I, yes, I want to share them all. And plus we just had them... Mixed Bag of Nuts last episode. So I don't know. Maybe next episode where we're not true crime, we'll have to do just like more of the listeners. I have more to share. So yes. Perfect. So I was camping. So I didn't read any of them. So (sighs) I got the glory of reading them all. (laughs) (laughs) The glory hole? The glory hole. I think I may have filled my glass a little bit more than your glass of the champagne. There's been sometimes we've been recording episodes where I'm like, what did we even talk about? I I love it. Drinking a little too much. And you guys are here for that. To listen to it. We did a thing. We drank too much. Sorry, not sorry. My story is a little crazy. It's actually kind of a brief story. But what I liked about it was there's some urban legends that have stemmed from this particular story. And next episode is on conspiracy theories. Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait. You know why? We get to talk about Chad Kroger some more. Let's <laughs> not. God. Okay. So this is the story of the Butcher of Elmendorf. Oh. This is uh, – his name is Joe Ball. I imagine he was butching people. So Elmendorf is southeast of San Antonio. It's a bigger city now, but back in 1896, Ooh. I went way, way back. back on this one. Joseph was born January 7th, 1896, but his father, Frank, actually helped build the city. He was an investor in the city. He also had a cotton field and... He had, like, purchased, like, one of the first gin cotton machines or whatever those things are called. We have some type of freaking, like, corn milling machine in our living room that I just <laughs> Yeah, I know. You keep trying to pass it off to my stand. parents. Like, you guys want this, right? It was, like, it separated, like, grain from corn or, you know what? I don't even know, but it's so ugly. And It's my, huge. It's huge. And my husband brought it home one day and he was so proud of it. He's like, look at this. I'd be like, unless you can make something happen with that machine. <laughs> and I was like, what is is it? And I'm telling you people, to this day, it sits in our living room in the corner. It's random, though, too. It's not like you guys have, like, this motif no. of old industrial oh, my mechanisms. My so proud of this fucking thing. Okay, so Joe's father, um, like I said, he, they were very wealthy. The city starts to thrive. Joe was born January 7th, 1896. He was the second child to Frank and Frank's wife, Elizabeth. Growing up, Joe had a very normal, happy childhood. Nothing crazy happened in there. In 1917, Joe enlisted in the military and he left for the Great War. The the Great War ended in 1918, and many servicemen were returning home from war, but they were immensely scarred from the terrors of the war. And I have to tell you, there's this show on Netflix, and I'm it's like World War II in color. I know this isn't the same war, but shit, some of those images are just terrifying, and I can't imagine yeah. what people go through and have to see and then come home to and live with in their head all the time. Ugh. And especially back then, because it was literally like 
you had one group on one side, one group on the other side. And it's like, okay, the right group goes first and you shoot and throw your cannonballs and you fire. And then after a certain amount of time, then the left side goes. And it was like back and forth. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. It's like crazy. everybody in that front row, you know, is going to die. Like, can you imagine being in the front row? No. And then you're the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> I was drumming Metallica. <laughs> but it's like you're the drummer. You don't even have a sword. A, a chance. What's those long guns with the sword up front? Bayonets. Bayonets. Right? Is that right? Yep. So smart. You know what? That whole air pressure <laughs> tire story is erased now. Yes. Okay. So like I had said, uh, many of the guys had come back from war and they were scarred and people had claimed that once Joe got back, he was never the same again and just the war had broken him. Joe started working for his father and then at, at the cotton fields and then after some time, he went into business for himself. In 1917, the 18th Amendment banned using and manufacturing alcohol in the U.S., Ooh, which you want to talk terrible. about. I know there was like bans on marijuana and all this shit, How but like- you ban alcohol? Uh, well, prohibition, remember? Remember? <sighs> Glad I didn't live in that time. Oh, to, I'd have been making my own. I'd have been making my own illegally. That's like government shutting down masturbating, yeah, right? No. You can't even. You couldn't even drink a glass of wine in your own home. It was illegal, and you had these people who would find that out and like turn you in. I'd have and been making my own. Like, what do they do in jail? What do they call that? I'd have been doing that. I'd have been fermenting all my fruit and my plastic. Talking bags. through the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Prohibition was in full effect, and by the 1920s, Joe started selling bootleg liquor from the back of his truck, along with Gina. My man. He was doing well. He was making a shit ton of money. But by 1933, they passed the 23rd Amendment, which abolished prohibition. So he decided to open his own bar called the Sociable Inn. Pruno. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Or prison wine. She just stuck her finger up at me like, (laughs) hush, bitch. I'm done with your story. It's an alcoholic beverage variously made from apples, oranges, fruit cocktails, fruit juices, hard can or sugar, sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and possibly other ingredients, including crumbled bread. That's not the word I'm thinking of. There's a different there's a different word that I know it as. Okay, so he opened the sociable inn and what he was doing was he started hiring a lot of women to work there. He would go to the Greyhound station. And he'd find women who were new in town. What he would do is he would see like a woman get off the Greyhound bus and they'd be like looking around like they don't know where they're at. And then he'd be like, hey, do you want to come work in a small tavern? You want some candy? The Great Depression was crippling most of America at this time, but that sociable inn was just a bustling because Joe started a new attraction. Mm. He went on down there to the swamp. And he bought him, brought himself some alligators. Like he was selling alligator meat? What he'd do was he'd find some alligators and he'd rope them <laughs> around their damn their neck, tie them to a tree. And when those gators get hungry, what they do is they start spinning around and they'd wrap themselves around that rope. And then he'd take them home and he started a gator attraction. Oh. <laughs> I like the narrative voice here. You're welcome. Um, I practiced that all week. <laughs> Just for this moment, Just for I this practiced that. Five seconds. So, so yeah, he, he collected gators. He collected gators. Okay. 
And he dug this huge hole behind the tavern. He made a cement pit and he housed six alligators in there. And then he like live, live alligators. Oh, okay. And then this is fuck nineteen twenty. Yeah, this is wild for these days. That's why I like this story because I'm like, this is crazy. Alligators down at the tavern. Want want to come down to the tavern? <laughs> Yeah, I have had a lot of champagne. Whew, we're already done with our second bottle. So there's that. <laughs> okay, so he brought these alligators to the bar. And what he would do, I guess alligators only eat one time every 15 to 30 days. So he would find stray animals, cats, Aww. dogs, and he'd throw them in this to pit, this pit to watch them fight no. and to eat. And people were paying extra money to like come and see this alligator show. This makes me sad. Because they were alive. It's not like they were dead yeah. animals. Ugh. So Joe had I hired- hate this. I'm sorry. We're, we're moving on. Okay. Joe started seeing one of his barmaids. Her name was Minnie Gotthart. And within the next five years, he also started secretly romantically seeing another barmaid. Her name was Dolores Goodwin. Her nickname was Buddy. I lied. He wasn't seeing her secretly. He started out there seeing Dolores. He was secretly seeing another chick, so third chick. Her name was Hazel Brown. Must have had a big dick. He got those gators. He's making up for the big dick or little dick. Little dick. Um, Her nickname was Shotzi, which in German means sweetheart. Dolores only had one arm. Did the gator take it? They thought it had, but actually what happened was she was driving a truck and she put her hand out the window to signal and a truck had a cedar (gasps) post on it and moved her arm. Yeah, but this is like some medieval time. I know story, but people were gossiping that Joe purposely had her arm ripped off by the gators. Anyways, he married her in 1937, and at that same year, Minnie disappeared. The first woman. Mm Mm-hmm. People were talking about Minnie. They speculated that Joe had taken her to the coast. Joe had a chauffeur, chauffeur, and apparently he told the chauffeur to stay in his car. Then he took Minnie to the water. He shot her in the back of the head. He made the chauffeur help him make a grave on the beach. And because of the waves, like, going in and out, he had, like, dug, like, 15 feet, and it created this tomb. Now, this is all speculation on what happened. A few months later... Joe had told his wife Dolores what he had done. I don't know if it's that he actually shot Minnie in the head or something else, but just that he was the one behind Minnie's disappearance. She turns around and confided in her friend Hazel, Shotzi, and you have to remember that Hazel was also fucking Joe at the same time too. Right. One year later, both of those women were gone. Oh, God. Just disappeared. Joe... So the rumor that was going around, because obviously- fed him to the gators. Well, we'll see. But the rumor that was going around, because, you know, back then, it was all like hubbub around town, right? I mean, like they said it's hubbub. a big city, but can you imagine like a big city is probably like 100 people. Yeah. All married at 14, dead by 23, right? I just like that hubbub. Hubbub. Word. I tried hubbub. to find like a old word to use. 
<laughs> so it was rumored that Hazel had fallen in love with another man and he wanted her to have a better life. And Joe found out that this happened and was like, you're not leaving. You're not going anywhere. And so Hazel was like, if you don't let me leave, I'm going to the police and going to tell them what happened to Minnie. Yeah, what? and they're going to take away your gators. And then you're going to say, gator boots, the pimp duck. Just ain't got, got no time, job, but I stay sharp. Got, got a quarter a tank of gas dun, dun, dun. in my new E class. <laughs> I think we were both singing different. Yeah, but we we got the right song. <laughs> we were both singing different verses. It's we were just fine. at different parts, but we know what we're doing. Yeah, it's fine. Everything is fine. So one of Joe's friends, his name was Clifton Wheeler, stated that Joe then, after finding out that she wanted to turn him in, it's rumored, shot and killed her, and then that they went and buried her near the San Antonio River. Oh, gosh. So the cops are like, what the fuck is going on with all these women working for you and then disappearing? disappearing. So they dropped by to find out what was going on. Joe was friends with the sheriff. His name was John Clevenhagen and a deputy named John Gray. And they're like, Joe, we have so much evidence on you. you. We're bringing you in. Joe said, all right, I understand. Let me just go into the tavern. I'm going to close up shop and then get my money from the register. And once Joe was by the register, he took a 45, shot himself in the heart. <gasps> Clifton Wheeler, who is Joe's buddy, who had said that he, you know, basically was like, this is what happened. He shot her. He buried her near the river. He talked to the police and told them where the bodies of Minnie and Hazel were. Dolores, his wife, was actually found alive in San Diego with her sister. Which is crazy. Oh, so she made it. She was fine. But then this is where all the legends were born. It was believed that he had killed upwards of 20 women and that he fed them all to the gators. Wow. Which is kind of funny. See, I said that. Fed them to the gators. Because if he had this pit of them, ugh, can you imagine that? Joe Ball. Being alive. Killed his wife. Whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. (laughs) Fed them to gators. They snack in. She's What's happening? Doing a TikTok, Joe Ball. Right now. You're welcome. <laughs> but so it's funny because my last true crime story took place in Florida when they were swearing that the Gators ate this guy, but really that didn't they, happen. They didn't happen, yeah. But so, but if you had a pit of hungry Gators that were only fed once every fucking fifteen to thirty days, and you threw a live human in there, I think that would be a different story. That's awful why wouldn't you (sighs) obviously he was guilty as fuck because he shot himself but the other thing is it's like if you talk to people in this area it is the legend of joe ball there's there's like comic books there's movies all sorts of stuff made about this guy but he has a nephew or somebody like who's alive now because obviously this is a long time ago but he swears that's never fed the women to gators that he just killed them and i'm like What's the difference? Yeah. And what's the difference? Whether you shoot them first and then feed them to the gators? Like, ah. Or shoot them and bury them. Or shoot them and bury them. Yeah. Well, anyways, short but sweet, that is the story of the Butcher of Elmendorf, which I had never heard of. I haven't heard of that either. Probably because it's so short of a story. And it's only like urban legend what really happened. It's terrifying. But you know what? Dolores probably knew. Knew the real deal. Fed them to gators snacking. What's happening, Joe Ball? 
We've had way too much champagne. And I really love that Carol Baskins dance. We should put up a TikTok. We'll have to do it. We'll have to make a TikTok and do it. By the time we're done with this, I'm going to be hammered. Officially made a TikTok yet, so maybe we'll have to make that our first one. Well, mine happened in Florida. (laughs) God damn it. I'm so afraid to go to Florida next week. My Florida friends have been listening and be like, Gina. We get it. You're giving us a bad rap. No, it's not your fault. Hey, we these are real stories we're finding. It's yeah. not like... I can't wait to share my Florida ventures with y'all. I'll have to make sure I post from Florida for, to a blonde moments while I'm, while I'm there. <laughs> Anyways, this is in 1988. So Peggy Carr and her daughter Sissy were at work at a local restaurant when Peggy began feeling sick. She had a strange pains in her chest, her hands felt numb, and her legs hurt terribly. She told Sissy she was afraid she was having a heart attack. She went home to rest, but the pain got worse. Finally, it was unbearable, so they took her to a hospital where she told doctors she felt like she was on fire. The ER physicians couldn't seem to find cause for her pain. One of the doctors told Peggy her symptoms were psychosomatic. Mm. Mm. Nonetheless, they kept her in the hospital for observation for three days. Her condition seemed to improve, so she was sent home. Do people even ever get that diagnosis anymore? Psychosomatic. Bring the pressure. Bring the pressure. See, I think, no, no, that's fire starter. Yeah. Psychosomatic etiquette. Oh, I thought you were saying, I'm the psychosomatic. Fuck it, forget it. Psychosomatic etiquette. That's what I think of. Come play my game. (laughs) We are fucking cut off. Psychosomatic etiquette. We're done. Oh my God, I used to have the biggest crush on the lead singer of prodigy he died like in the last couple of years i was d snyder is probably hotter than him too no no way (laughs) not a damn chance the problem is is that actually i I have no idea what the lead singer fire prodigy looks like he would dress up like a clown like crazy hair stuff like that but i think like he was like he's definitely better looking than d snyder because d snyder is just we'll put up a poll well I don't know if I'm going to be able to find pictures of this guy without makeup and, like, funky hairstyles, but I think he's – you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Crazy <laughs> hairstyle, makeup and all. I'm taking on your D. Snyder. I, D. Snyder. Hey, I hey. like how Mal was like, oh, Gina found the best you picture did. of D. Snyder you did. she could. You did. Because D. D. Snyder had, like, his hair, like, groomed. He had glasses on. You couldn't see, like, his eyes. And then you put Chad Kroger like, ooh. Because that's what he looks like. That's what Chad Kroger looks like. Oh, ooh. yeah, but D. Snyder's so hot. Okay. Better than him. Suck a butt. <laughs> <laughs> But now her son, Duane, and stepson, Travis, had also started to complain about tingling fingers, upset stomachs, and burning sensations throughout their bodies. Days later, Peggy's symptoms returned, and she was rushed back to the hospital. There, they did some routine tests, but found nothing out of the ordinary. However, while she was being examined, one of her doctors noticed something troubling. Peggy's hair was falling out. Oh. That's when he began to suspect that Peggy had been poisoned. He specifically suspected thallium a tasteless, odorless chemical that was once widely used in an insecticide and rodent poison. But because of its extreme toxicity, ingesting as little as one gram can kill an adult, by 1972, it was banned by the EPA. Thallium poisoning is extremely painful. It causes peripheral nerve damage that can feel like numbness, pins and needles, or fire in the extremities. It can also include severe stomach cramps, vomiting, and diarrhea. Weakness and confusion are also symptoms of thallium poisoning. So, sounds fucking terrible. Disgusting. You feel like you're on fire. Ugh. Treatment, if it is caught early enough, consists of taking the compound Prussian blue by mouth and or something else to remove it from the bloodstream. 
Yeah, just don't take it. The doctor had Peggy's urine tested for thallium. When the results came back a day later, they showed Peggy had 20,000 times the natural amount of thallium in her system. Dwayne and Travis were tested and their results also came back positive, though they didn't have quite as much in their system as Peggy's did. Peggy's husband, Pi, his daughter, Galena, who lived in the house, (laughs) and they also tested positive for trace amounts of the chemicals. So nobody had as much as the mom. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, bitch. I want your life insurance money. Though they eventually recovered, Dwayne was hospitalized (laughs) for two months, Travis for six months. Since Peggy had ingested such an enormous amount of the poison and hadn't been diagnosed until the poison had been in her system for so long her prognosis was fatal she got weaker more pain by the day she eventually lost her ability to speak and (gasps) could only use sign language to communicate which is so sad uh so she slipped into a coma on march 3rd and they have no idea where this is coming from not yet four long months after she had been poisoned her family took her off life support wait wait okay i have to stop so they know that this is in her body but it was too late to treat for her. Okay, so it's not like – okay, go ahead. Go ahead. She had been poisoned so much that it was too late for Already, her to Already, previously. Get it's not yeah. like she was still getting poisoned. Yeah. Okay, because I'm like – But the like, other family didn't have as much poison as her, and they figured out what it was. And so they were able to get treatment, but for her, she was hospitalized, but it was just too late. Okay. Peggy, who was only 41, died shortly afterwards. This was now a homicide investigation. Police, of course, questioned Pi since he and Peggy had recently had some marital problems and he had been conveniently out of town when the family fell ill. Tess reveals that he too had been poisoned as well as his son, Travis. He was taken off the suspect mm-hmm. list. Police tested- I got, I got Pi's number right now. <laughs> Police tested everything in and out of the house from the well water to the trees and the orchards surrounding the property. They finally found traces of thallium in some empty Coca-Cola bottles in the home. <gasps> New evidence pointed to the possible product tampering, which put it under the jurisdiction of the FBI. <gasps> Their labs not oh. only found thallium in the unopened Coke bottles, they also found microscopic tool marks indicating the lids had been carefully taken off and then replaced. Mm. Since this was such a time-consuming and meticulous process, they reasoned it couldn't have been done in the Coca-Cola plant or a grocery store. It had to have been done by someone after they purchased the drinks. No one in the car household could remember buying these Cokes. But as they pointed out, Alturas was such a small, safe community, they never locked their doors. Anyone could have come inside and left the drinks. At first, Pi couldn't think of anyone who would want to poison Peggy. Then he remembered... All the troubles he and his family had been having with the neighbors. The Carr family, a large blended family of Peggy and Pi, along with their four children from previous marriages and one grandchild, had been having issues with their only neighbors, George Tripal, and his wife, Diana. Diana frequently complained about the noise coming from the Carr's home, their barking dog, loud music, and anything else that she found annoying. For their part, the Carr family, especially the teenage boys, Dwayne and Travis, responded with defiance, turning up their music, setting off fireworks, riding their four-wheelers on George and Diana's property, and generally making sport of Diana's short fuse. So they kind of, I mean, they're teenage kids. They were like, fuck you. You're mad at our noise. Gonna make more noise. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's what kids do, right? Despite Diana's temper, most of the Carr family found George to be a nice guy. The boys recalled that he would wave and smile at them. They considered him a bit of a recluse and a nerd, but harmless. But apparently, he was just as annoyed with the neighbors as Diana. So in March 1988, George complained to the local zoning board okay, about- Okay, it's George. <laughs> Sorry, Pi. About I feel bad. Pie converting it. Yeah, you take it back. I'm, from I'm pie. taking it back, Pi. It was just because it's always the husband. Yeah. So 
Now I'm thinking it's this recluse, normal, kind of shy neighbor. Mm-hmm. I got these Chappelle. accents on fleek today. Do we even? <laughs> do the kids even say on fleek anymore? Uh, I don't think so. Unclear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just don't say it again. So they argued back and forth. You know, George complained about, you know, Pi converting his garage into an apartment for his daughters and granddaughter. He had him cited for a zoning violation. It forced him to delay the construction, pay more money. So they just had discrepancies, right? Like they Mm -hmm. argued with each other. Then later on, Pi received an anonymous letter addressed to Pi Carr, where it said, you and all your so-called family have two weeks to move out of Florida forever or else you all die. This is no joke. And Pi shrugged it off as a prank and just kind of forgot about it. Then in October, only two days before Peggy had fallen How do you sick, shrug something like that off? I'd be terrified. Right. I'd be like, who is sending me this shit? Diana went to the car's home in a rage. The family recalls that Diana was screaming and cussing and yelling, ranting, raving about them playing their music too loud. They said her level of anger was way out of proportion to the situation. When Peggy didn't submit to Diana's demands and instead walked away, they said Diana stormed off shouting, you won't get away with this. This isn't over. So police now had a possible motive. I mean, these people sound like they have mental illness. Yeah. And they have nothing better to do with their time. So police now had a motive, possible motive. Uh They started investigating into Diana and George. They found out the couple were both extremely intelligent. In fact, they were members of Mensa, which is for people whose IQs are above the top 2% in the nation. Diana, who had majored in chemistry in college, was an orthopedic surgeon who often worked long hours. George described himself as a freelance computer programmer and didn't appear to have any other job outside of the home. So it was George that drew the investigators' attention. For one, he fit the FBI's profile of a poisoner. Uh, he was... <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Like, what's the profile of a poisoner? Uh, he was a white male, extremely intelligent, with a passive personality who avoided direct conflicts. Wow. hmm That's like a profile... Of people you know? <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. There's like a profile of people who poison other people. Yeah. I mean, FBI profilers. I think that's such a fucking interesting job. That's cr- – I mean, I know they make profiles on like serial killers and – but poisoners. Mm-hmm. In their initial investigation, they questioned George that he had seemed nervous, avoiding eye contact, and stuttering. When they asked him why he thought someone might want to poison the cars, his answer was chilling. Someone must have wanted them to move out of the neighborhood. Out of more than 50 friends and neighbors that the police had questioned, he was the only person to say that. And it was precisely the sentiment expressed by the threatening letter. Do you remember the letter they got earlier? That you had, they wanted them gone. He claimed that he usually went with Diana to her workplace, so he wasn't at home and didn't have access to the car house. This directly conflicted with the car family's observation that George rarely left his house. Mm. He also told police that he knew nothing about thallium. Further digging into his background would prove that to be a lie. You know, they found out later that he had studied chemistry and, you know, had a degree in psychology and chemistry and yada, yada, yada. So basically him saying that he didn't know what thallium was especially him being a member of Mensa, was a complete fucking lie. Red flag. So, yeah. He was also arrested in 1975 in Charlotte, South Carolina, for running one of the largest methamphetamine labs in the Southeast. And he actually served three years in a federal prison for the crime. Obviously knew a lot about chemicals. Uh, Tellingly, he was known to use a particular method of cooking meth known as the P2P method, which uses thallium in the process. So, busted. 
Um, after he was relief from, released from prison, he appeared to be on the straight and narrow. That's when he met Diana at a Mensa meeting, and they seemed to have a strong marriage. Both of them were very intelligent, and George was passive enough to allow Diana to pursue her career ambitions without much conflict. So in April 1989, a little over a month after Peggy's death, the couple hosted a Mensa murder mystery weekend with some <laughs> unsettling parallels to Nerds. her career. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all for a good mur- mystery murder weekend, but Mensa. Mensa murder oh, mystery my Lord. weekend. Uh, in the booklet George wrote for the participants was, when a death threat appears on the doorstep, prudent people throw out all their food and watch what they eat. Hardly anyone dies from magic. Most items on the doorstep are just a neighbor's way of saying, I don't like you, move or else. Like, Okay. Sir George, this guy's a fucking lunatic. Why don't you move? If it's that much of a problem, like you're thinking of all this shit to do, why don't you go move to the country where you don't have neighbors 45 acres near you? I mean, God, you know, I don't know if I told this story on this podcast or if I've just told you in person, but I had a neighbor who had a dog. Did I tell you this? Where the, where one of his, not a neighbor, I had a patient who had a dog whose neighbor always swore that his dog was shitting on his lawn. And he's like, I always pick up my dog's poop. That neighbor killed his dog. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, you if, have told if me it's this. that, I mean, I don't want dogs pooping in my lawn. But I'm not going to fucking kill a dog. No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put up a camera, find out who it is, right? Yeah. Show, like, if this is actually my neighbor who denies it, I'm going to show them and be like, look, I, I have s- you on camera. I see that it's you. Like, yeah. can you please stop? Maybe walk your dog the other way. Maybe somebody else won't care. Right. But, but you I'm just not- don't go shooting a freaking dog. And like- not only that, but to, like, take an actual human life because yeah. their teenager's music was too loud. It's like you have some problems. Like yeah, you're the crazy. problem, not them. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm irritated. <sighs> yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. this is where Detective Susan Gorek of the Polk County Sheriff's Department under the name Sherry first met George. Uh, the Polk County Sheriff's Department had a strong suspicion that George was the poisoner, but didn't have any actual evidence. So they decided to use her as a veteran undercover officer to hopefully gain some evidence. So Sherry was able to befriend the couple easily. Since Diana worked so much, it wasn't hard for her to spend time with George alone. While he never admitted to anything, Susan found several little clues that pointed towards George's guilt. During one visit to the home, she noticed an Agatha Christie novel lying on the table, The Pale Horse. Spoiler alert, Susan later learned that the novel's murderer used thallium to poison his victim. It's always the reader. Yep. I do have some Agatha Christie books too, so you might (laughs) be careful. Don't piss me off, all right? George suggested that Sherry poison her husband to get what she wanted in the divorce settlement. She also found out that George made homemade wine and he owned a tool that could recap bottles. Police expected the undercover operation to last a few months, but George Chappelle was too smart of a man to confess to the murder. The operation, titled Pale Horse, after the Agatha Christie novel, stretched over two years. But they finally caught a break when George and Diana moved to another place, Sebring, Florida, so that Diana could set up a new practice. So yeah, they even moved away from the neighbors. Susan immediately rented their old house before they could even move all of their things out. As soon as she had the keys, crime scene technicians searched the house. Inside the garage, they found chemicals, lots of chemicals, none of which were thallium. That is brilliant, though. Mm -hmm. They also found some empty bottles, 
one of which had a white powdery residue at the bottom. The bottle was tested and the residue was residue was identified as salium, the <gasps> same kind that used to poison Peggy Carr and the family. I mean, you're that you're a Mensa member, but you but don't... you leave all this evidence behind. Uh, come on. I thought you were gonna say they moved and then their new neighbors had like the same problem going on. Jesus. Thank God. You know what? They say book smart, street stupid. I mean, are yeah. you serious? Mm-hmm. So now that they had physical evidence tying I mean, thank George God, to the crime, right? Thank God they left the evidence. Yeah, behind. because what if they ran into problems with their new neighbors and he tried to fucking poison them too? Move where there's not neighbors. So they went to Sebring. They arrested him at the door. Diana was livid, attempted to block police from entering the home. Once an officer had physically restrained her, they entered the house to find George standing at the top of the stairs in nothing but a pair of bikini underwear. Ooh, la la. <laughs> And they told him he was under arrest. His only response was, can I put some clothes on? A search of the house uncovered several poison and chemistry books, including a pamphlet George had written called Chemistry for the Complete Idiot, Practical (laughs) Guide to All Chemistry. And here's how to be caught. Leave the evidence in your home. They also found a three-ring binder with the title General Poison Guide. (laughs) This was like that girl who I told you she poisoned, or maybe you said, no, you had this story where she poisoned her father and she tore out the one page out of the chemistry book. Yeah. Come on. Come on. The copied pages in this poison guide included discussions of thallium covered in George's fingerprints. In January 1991, George was charged with 15 criminal counts, including first-degree murder, attempted murder, Poisoning food or water but, but and product sir, tampering. I, I have no idea about Simon. After four weeks of testimony, the jury only deliberated six hours before returning guilty verdicts against him on all counts. He was sentenced to death. Oh. Yep. And then damn. Diana divorced his ass in jail. Diana divorced George. So. <laughs> How did they pin it more on George than his wife then? Because of the fingerprints? You know, I don't know. Yeah, probably because... She was always the one gone working during the day. It also says here that a reporter from the St. Petersburg Times, St. Pete, that's where I lived, they wrote a book about it, this case titled Poison Mind. He's filed numerous appeals, including an attempt to exclude the thallium bottle evidence, but uh, he remains on death row in Florida. So Damn. crazy, right? So because your kids were a little loud, your family maybe was a little loud, little ruckus, somebody poisons you. And then your wife dies. And your kids were poisoned too. And thank God that nobody else died. Talk about a fucking nightmare for a neighbor. Damn. Yeah. And I'll show you a picture of George Tripal. So those glasses, man. Creeper. Like the Dahmer glasses. Creeper glasses. He looks like a creeper. He I'm looks sorry. like a creeper. Yeah. Creeper, murderer psychopath i mean isn't there a show like on oxygen or something that's like something about my thy neighbor or it talks about people who have issues with neighbors love thy neighbor yeah this isn't the first true crime story that i've heard about neighbors how crazy that you have that big of issues with your neighbor where somebody actually is killed like if you have a conversation with your neighbor and it's not going over well like if you're like i need them to be quiet and it doesn't happen and maybe you get the police involved and honestly like i i would move over killing someone yeah you would just move you would figure something else out but if you're somebody who's capable of murdering somebody because their music is too loud you you got some other shit going on fucking issues so hopefully everyone has good neighbors (laughs) my neighbors are good by me god i have the 
best. Like my whole yeah. neighborhood is full of the nicest freaking people. All right. So next week's episode. Conspiracy theories. I'm so freaking excited again. Chad One of our Rose. listeners sent in a conspiracy theory about Avril Lavigne being dead. So I'm going to cover oh, that shit because it is really God. freaking interesting. And I have a bone to pick with Avril Lavigne. Um, but anyway, so if you have any conspiracy <laughs> theories or anything else you want to send us, anything that you find interesting, funny, memes, uh, personal stories. I mean, dude, we cover. We love it. And we cover everything, yeah. truly. Even um, if you're catching up on our episodes and you have stories to share from previous ones, we love those Or the you're most. a new listener. We welcome yeah. you. We love you. Welcome to yeah. the shit show of us being drunk, Talking spilling our shit. guts out, telling yeah. you our personal dark pillow humping and... Making fantasies in the shower stories. I mean, this is what you're here for, right? Poop stories. Yeah. Obviously. Any of it. But seriously, you guys are the best. Like, thank you so much for continuing to send your stories in. Like, I can't say enough how much we love our listeners. We do. You guys Y'all are, are the so fucking fun. shit. The shit. And you have so – like, we have fun with you. And if you send, you know, stories in or whatever, we, like, seriously have a conversation with you. We have fun with you. Yeah. Like, and, you know, there's certain people like Chico today sent in the big clit. Oh, I if I find it. something that sparks something for me, I'll send it to him too. So yeah. y'all aren't alone out there, but we appreciate you. We yeah. love you. We love reading the stories. We literally laugh our asses off. It's so much fun. So thank you. And again, you know, there's so much stuff going on in this world today. We're just trying to make you laugh, have some fun, clear your mind of everything that's going on. I mean, even though we're giving you some true crime stuff, but um, we love you guys. We do. Thank you. You can send in any stories to Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs. Which is, these are like our parts. These are our rules. I say that, you say yeah. that. They go down in the DM. I still thought that was a made up song. Okay. So I'm going to and today's long-ass episode on our blonde joke. A blonde is watching the news with her husband when the newscaster announces that six Brazilian men died in a skydiving accident. The blonde starts sobbing uncontrollably. Confused, her husband says, It is sad, but they were skydiving. There were risks involved. After a few moments, the blonde, still crying, asks, how many is a Brazilian? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>